I'm Max, and you're listening to Zito Slapitas, a Mammoth Club original podcast. What's up, all you spoiled brats and or hardworking milk factory people? I'm Alan. I don't want to pick one of those two things today, because I think we know which category I'd follow. <laughs> and I'm Max. And this is Zetus Lapitas. It's the podcast where we watch every Disney Channel original movie or decom in chronological order, and then spend way too much time analyzing them. This week, folks, we watch Cowbells in our return to Zetus Lapitas after a week off. I've missed this. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. This is always a highlight for me. Who knows what's going to happen? Not, not, I don't. Nonsense. Uh, uh, I, no. didn't, I didn't know in this movie. Actually, that's not true. I knew the moment this movie started what was going to happen. Exactly. <laughs> At every turn, I was like, yeah. okay, then that'll yeah. happen. Uh, and then this. It was, if I was going to give a superlative to this movie versus all decoms, most predictable. Yes. I think, I think is, you're correct. Yeah. The most tropey, the mo- like most yeah. trope forward film. You know what, though? It felt right to watch it this time of year because it was basically a Hallmark Christmas movie. That's oh, true. Yeah, 100%. If it had snowed once. M- minus Christmas, it's every plot of every Hallmark yep. Christmas movie. The description of this film is in order to learn how to be responsible, two wealthy teen sisters are forced to work in the family business by their exasperated father. When company funds goes missing, it's up to the girls to save the day. You know, I thought it was going to end after the first. I was going to be like, yeah, that's what that movie's about. And then you add it on the second sentence. I was like, I still don't like it. (laughs) I mean, it's technically true. It's correct. it, It is inarguably what the movie's about. Sure. It is just... I, there's just so much stuff that seems to just not be present in that where I'm like, it's it's right, but also. It, I think what I, my problem with it is it's it's too, it's too on the nose. Like, that oh. is what the movie is about. I wish that the summary didn't tell me that the company funds it, go it, missing. It like, left some to the imagination. Yeah. Give me some intrigue. Well, you know, lessons are learned intrigue. along the way. Yeah. Make me go, ooh, that sounds sexy. Wait, Maybe not wow, sexy. Wow, they're, they're, <laughs> they're 16 sounds, and 14. <laughs> that sounds intriguing. There we go. Oh, that yes, sounds intrigue. mysterious. Ooh, that's going to make me click on it. I'm yeah. bought in. This movie was released on March 24th of the year 2006, and I have to know, did you guys watch this movie as a kid? No. No. No! Three no's all around. First time viewers, all of us. Well, the top song of the time was So Sick by Neo. I know Neo. Yeah. It's so sick. I. That's certainly was not that right? what it is. No. I'm so sick of love songs, not sick of tears. Yeah, it's a breakup song. Wishing you were still here. So sick of love songs. We got there. This is why don't I turn off the radio? This is my introduction to Neo. Oh. And then we got. Well, didn't he do Miss Independent? Wasn't that also yeah. of his? And most importantly, he did Time of Our Lives with Mr. 305. I knew my rent was going to be late about a week ago. Yeah. Mr. Worldwide to infinity. So that is our top song of the time. The top grossing film is a Matthew McConaughey special. Is it How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days? It is not. It is Failure to Launch. Oh, oh. a different rom-com. Yeah. It's, uh, it is JP though. so... So just quintessentially that timeline, like yeah. th- for this 10 years between maybe like what, 2004 through 2015, uh, it's just Matthew McConaughey's in rom-coms. I love it. It's great. I love a rom I like this rom-com. I mean, he finds his niche and he rides that wave. 
I'm a big fan. But eventually he stops. Eventually he's like, I'm done doing done rom coms. And yeah. I'm gonna go do Interstellar. Yeah. And that one with where he beats on his chest and Leonardo DiCaprio's in it and they're all Is it the Wolf of Wall Street that yes. you're thinking of? Yes, it is. Yeah. So Dallas Buyers Club. Yeah. Oh Os- yeah. Oscar true. winner. And then Lincoln commercials. Oh, sure. So, Drive a Lincoln. A whole range. The Lincoln a whole range. Yeah. Drive a Lincoln. Yeah, man. He only makes all rats, all, all rats, rats, all, all rats. rats. <laughs> <laughs> Real Matthew McConaughey fan club here on Zeta Sapita's the Man with like the Rosen podcast. I do enjoy him. <sighs> Green light. Green light. In news headlines of the time, the Major League Baseball organization responds to a repeated inquiry and will begin investigation into steroid use throughout the sport of Major League Baseball. Yeah, I remember this. That was big news at the time. It actually happened at the end of March. Now, this is the Barry Bonds era. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is like, this is, I think, when I remember seeing, like, back when, you know, you used to pick up newspapers that were thrown onto your porch every morning. When I would open it up and be like, oh, shoot. Like, the, all I would see on, like, before handing it off to my parents was like, oh, steroid use. Oh, sports pages. Like, this is a scandal. I grew up in Atlanta. And in the summers, my friends and I would go to a lot of baseball games at mm-hmm. the Braves Stadium because you could go for really, really cheap and it was really fun entertainment. Mm-hmm. And Barry Bonds beat Hank Aaron, who was a Brave, yep. uh, for the uh, most home run record. Mm-hmm. But everybody was mad about steroid use. Mm. So everybody would say he is an asterisk. So one, he got booed off the field when I saw him play the Braves. And two, a bunch of people in the stands were carrying posters that had an asterisk because they basically were saying like, you don't actually have the record. Like you only have it because of steroids. Like Hank Aaron is the true goat. So I just like that just is a a memory that just came back. I saw a YouTube video about how so many pitchers would intentionally walk him because he would hit so many home runs that if he had never swung his bat, he would have a higher on base uh, average than like any other player in the league. Whoa. Whoa. Like he never needed to swing and they would intentionally walk him and he would get on base more than anyone else. That's fascinating. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Also wild, but less wild than that is on this same day, March 24th of the year, 2006, an iconic show debuted on the Disney Channel. Any guesses of what that show was? 2006. An iconic show, 2006. Hannah Montana. It was Hannah Montana. Oh, I was thinking that was too late for Hannah Montana. And I was surprised it was in 06. I yeah. thought it was earlier. Uh, Hannah Montana debuted on March 24th of the year 2006. She doesn't have a movie, does she? We yeah, she she does. does. We do? We get to talk about Hannah yeah. Montana? Or was it a oh, theater movie? I, it was a theater movie. Oh. She has a movie, yeah, but yeah. it's not a decom. We don't get to talk I about it. I went to see it in theaters. Was it good? Well, the climb is in it, so. It's going to be add, great. Should it's, we added it? It's the origins of the it, climb. It, it could we might have to just do another a bonus. bonus episode. It could be yeah. a possible bonus I think it episode. might need to be a bonus. I mean, goodness gracious. there the, We have so so many more decoms, but boy, I mean, do we want to branch out. Yeah, we've got to do HSM 3, too. I said that because she's in HSM 2. And that hasn't come out yet. Mm. Oh, that is true. And well, that was like sort of her. I know when it came out because it was my freshman year of college. Hmm. I think it came out in the sixth, it, but like between when I did my CP and then when I moved, like I came back for six months because I definitely saw it in Tennessee at, while I was at college. So I, I know when the movie came out, mm-hmm. but I thought that it had been on television longer. Interesting. Well, with that top news of the time, are we ready to dive into cowbells? 
Oh, I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's move in. Wow. You know, I was a cow joke. Yeah. Yep. Oh. Was it? Yeah. yeah. I didn't understand. <laughs> Cows say moo. It's wow. better when she explains it. Yeah. it that, so I, that said, I said, let's yeah. move in, but yeah. I, I made it move. Oh, like, oh. Got like the noise. Got yeah. it. You get it now. I, I get it. I get, get it now. Yep, you're welcome. I get it now. The movie opens as we are introduced to a suburban neighborhood. We are being driven around by one of our main characters, Taylor. We have yet to get her name yet, but I'll just sort of give that to you, listener. We're, Taylor is driving us around. She is in a driving test that uh, she's doing pretty well on despite the fact that her instructor is seemingly bound and determined to fail her for no reason at all like no music in the car which i don't know the, the he had some he had some rules one of which made sense right like don't talk on the phone don't talk on your cell phone in the car while you're doing your driving test i understand that the the rule that i wanted to run past both of you is when you did your driver's test did they make you not listen to music i didn't listen i don't to music, think i listened to music but it was five minutes i they barely tested us Oh, so mine was not not five minutes, but our instructor and the examiner was like, "What music do you want to listen to?" When we got in the car, oh, and was like, "Boop!" and like turned it on. No, there was no music. No, I wanted to applaud Taylor's driving. Yeah, she she pulled over to the side to talk on the phone. She then handed him the phone and asked him to uh, convey a message for her. She seemed to make all of her turns i i thought i heard the blinker mm -hmm. i i i felt she was quite competent at driving which actually did not make any sense to me because we're going to skip to the end of this driving test where he is going to again to your point alan want to fail her and i thought she needs to be worse if yeah. you like if this is the, the if this is the stakes it would be so easy to like yeah. show her swerve, yeah. show her answer the phone and like stay on for why? Why? Like, yeah, it was just so wild to me that in his excuse, the, the examiner's excuse was like, you seem to get distracted easily, which I mean, whether or not that's true, she still aced the exam. My guy, he even like, said she was competent. Yeah. It, she, she needed to be more share from clueless. What? I totally paused. Mm -hmm. Like, or Xenon. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah, Xenon. Also, I want to say right off the bat, I love her. Sure, yeah. I think she's, she's great. I think she's amazing. I like her arc. I like her arc. I think she is a very uh, interesting version of this character because she has a lot of redeeming qualities. Like, she's obviously, like, supposed to be the spoiled brat, she and her sister, Courtney, who is who called her on the phone. But she's incredibly smart you learn that very quickly uh just kind of jumping ahead a little bit like you learn she's very good at math very quickly you she's i mean the way she gets her test to pass is she goes wait are you gonna fail me and she goes well that just means i'm gonna come back here every single day and i'm gonna ask for you every single time and like he's like okay just kidding you pass and like i'm like that's funny that's clever um i'm gonna annoy you into passing i'm gonna me. i will wear you down and i just think that she could be just she could be her sister who i think is worse God. and she her sister sucks and Courtney's but, but she's like yes a she's very privileged and she's very spoiled but she like has common sense and other personality traits besides that i think that my criticism one the point where she says i'll come back i thought it was funny that um the driving instructor mr reeves is willing to possibly kill someone to not 
uh, deal with her every day. He's like, yeah, yeah, I think you're unfocused and a dangerous driver. It's better that I don't have to deal with you. If they, you know, like I shall turn the other like, way. It's fine. Um, but I think if I have a criticism of this character, very likable. I I really enjoy her. I I think that she's she doesn't have enough flaw. Like I actually don't think she has much of an arc. I think she's a good mirror to her sister who has a better arc, but. I kind of think Taylor's like good at everything and she's beautiful and super smart and any like we hear other people describe her as spoiled, but we don't see a ton of it. She pretty quickly jumps to the like, think of other people and we're doing this for them. And like, we don't see the negative effects through her very much. Mm -hmm. Her sister for sure, but not through her as much. I, I, can agree with you i will say and fully admit that when this movie started she annoyed the nonsense out of me Mm. and it's because my biggest fear was like god especially when we had the phone call i was like god if we've got to deal with two people who are going to be the trope of like bratty disconnected person as the main character i like i'm that's going to be grading nails on a chalkboard Mm. for me um but to your point, she does very quickly, even even if she protests a situation like you guys can't buy something, ah, even if she protests very quickly, she's like, OK, but can well, we do X? And in that introduction, her sister's calling and, and they establish something that they're not going to pay off again. But we've divided up every color and we've divided up everything. And her sister wants to wear her color. And she immediately is like, yeah, it's your cotillion. You are the most important thing. Like, But I get to wear your shoes. Your gym shoes, as Mr. Reeves tells her. But but it's very like, in that moment, you you immediately see she's outwardly focused. Mm -hmm. She's like, this is my sister's cotillion. It's her moment. She should get to wear the thing that she wants to wear. Right. There is one factor in this, and I'm only going to, I'm going to mention it here. And you know what? Maybe we mention it later. Who's to say, you know, who's to say it is a fatal flaw of this film. And it is the sheer number of times I have to hear daddy. Oh, if you were to take a shot every time that one of these girls said the word daddy, you would be dead. And I get it. It's a product of the times. It's a product of the age. I understand. Like in, in the moment on March 24th of 2006, appropriate today daddy that term has been so drastically changed within our lexicon where i'm like oh no (laughs) oh no yeah i think it's also just supposed to illustrate again that they're like spoiled brats and they have daddy's money because it's like most kids that age have moved to dad yeah and so, but to be like my daddy we need money is kind of their yeah, yeah. like part of their personality but yeah they say the word daddy a lot one of my favorite line is daddy that's so hot no nope. and then she hugs him <laughs> and i i was like oh it's the paris hilton era like this is this is that's hot. like that's like that's when that was the lexicon yeah. but daddy that's so hot and then like i was like oh boy yeah yeah Yeah. okay then we have an incredible incredible transition because after we have the phone call we have this dress being purchased that's a thousand dollars 
there is a transition where the dress sort of flutters. It's like TikTok who? This yeah. is, this is it. Soaring transition. Here it is. And we go to dad, whose name is Reed. I want to quadruple check. Yep. Reed. Reed, who is in the office with his business partner, Bob. And I'm going to read to you this note that I have on line 15 of my spreadsheet where I track my notes. It is, oh, this business partner is the villain. Bob oh, is the villain. I said, like, immediately. I, I wrote and I quote, business partner is either the villain or they're fucking <laughs> oh. molly went the 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 more progressive route for uh-huh. probably not for a decom but it was one of the two yeah well they didn't they didn't try to hide this because no. literally the like the first line i think bob says is like we could have made more money if you didn't decide to do this and then the next thing is here's a week vacation to leave the country read and it's like where you won't have any sales yeah. service as he's on the computer with yeah. the uh, yeah and it's like oh uh, yeah i can't imagine what's happening here yeah like, bro not suspect you hey you know you want that butterfly yeah <laughs> you gotta go get it my that dude that was my favorite it was he's going on vacation to try and take a picture of a butterfly mm-hmm. which is nice i think that's of, it's great. A fine hobby great. of reads, but yeah, this guy might as well be like, go out of town so I can take all your money. Yeah. Like he as might as well just say it. Give me your head. money. <laughs> it's time. <laughs> <wanna> <laughs> yeah. Maniacal laugh. Maniacal laugh. <laughs> Uh, after we have this scene where Reed accepts the vacation, also we, single parent counter. Oh yeah, by true. the way, yeah. yes. take it up. Take it up. it up. Mom is is passed. She she has passed away before the events of this film, right? Yeah. Um. After this scene in the office, we go home where Taylor and Courtney have arrived back at the house and dad goes, hey, where's the housekeeper? And like, oh, we dropped her off to get groceries and left her with cab fare just because we wanted to come back home ahead of time. And I was like, oh, oh, dad's reaction justified and he's like why would you do that i asked you to go shopping with her not drop her off with and then it's just designed to illustrate some of their lack of maturity mm-hmm. and and some of the decisions that they make early on specifically I've, i'm noticing now when they're paired like it there is there is a distinct difference in the decisions that they make when the two of them are together versus when they are acting independently mm. and taylor gets to deliver the news Hey, Dad, I passed the driver's test. Yeah. And Dad's like, that's great. I've got a present for you. Is it a car? Garage door opens. Duh. It's a classic. And she goes, doesn't classic mean old? And I don't know about you. When she said that, I was like, you shut up. Classic cars are incredible. (laughs) My car loving heart was like, please, no. And Reed unveils a beautiful Mustang. Yeah. That was in a beautiful sentimental moment. Um, Reed's now now perished wife's original car that he has had restored for Taylor. Very cool. And very cool. This setup moment of, again, this is where I'm not sure how I'm supposed to feel about Taylor because I, I just find her to be likable and I'm, I'm at tension of whether I need to feel like she's spoiled or not because, yeah, she starts out by saying, oh, doesn't classic mean old, Right. He pulls the thing and immediately she's won over. Oh my God, it's mom's car. I'm in love, right? This is stronger if he pulls it and she's like, ew, why didn't you get me the, right? Like a new whatever mm-hmm. piece of shit, like brand new car, right? Like 
this is the tension of I'm not I'm not sure if they want me to think she's really spoiled or not because she starts there but immediately changes her mind. There's no there's no buildup of her. She flips so quick throughout mm-hmm. this movie. She has a spoiled start and 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 then shows her true colors, which is always fine, right? It's a very weird. Now, the moment you mention it, now that I'm sort of revisiting my notes, it's just such an interesting foil as you put it to Courtney yeah. who always stays in that lane until magic happens later in the movie but truly pretty much uh, just <laughs> literal like hmm, magic change yay but it, it's it's such an interesting thing because even another step to your point max is dad says hey the car stick shift yeah and you know you can't drive this car because i don't want you grinding my gears but don't worry i've set up your i've set you up with somebody to teach you that's another opportunity for if we are supposed to think that Taylor is spoiled, we should be like, I want it to be automatic car mm-hmm. or throw a fit around how she can't drive the car that she just got as a gift. I mean, there's plenty of avenues for it. And she goes after, I mean, some protesting is like, all right, fine. I guess I'll learn. She kind of protests that she has to go learn from this kid in her school named Jackson, yeah. who is a farm kid um, and his dad. So, I don't think we've said this yet. The dad, Reed, owns a dairy business. Yep. Cullum so Dairy. Cullum Dairy. Cullum Dairy, thank you. Cullum Dairy. And they make milk and yogurt and all kinds of dairy products to factory. Mm-hmm. And Jackson, who we're about to meet, the the love interest, of course, his dad is a farmer that supplies milk to the dairy. So, so he's doing a favor uh, for dad. And, of course, we go meet jackson on the farm who's talking to his dad and his dad's like you need to do this favor for me because the uh they're a very big client of ours and he never asks for a favor and so you need to do this um and you know jackson's like but she's whiny and spoiled and a brat and like that guy's holding a piglet like come on like they are just like they're like hallmark movie yeah. 101 right here like they're like <laughs> so true they're like here's the cute guy he's obviously gonna be the love interest like he's like got the jeans and like he's like just dirty enough that like he you could tell he works hard his like hair's all tousled and then he's wearing he's carrying a fucking piglet like okay come on can we talk about his outfit though dude it's a cutoff <laughs> jean it jacket is, it is what i think someone in hollywood thinks a dairy farmer might look like like yeah. it is wild it is a cutoff jean vest mm-hmm. and his hair's all done and he looks like um he looks like an actor is what he looks yeah. like i mean, tell you as someone i've not been to dairy farms but i've been to many cattle farms yeah. no one looks like that <laughs> everyone is wearing coveralls mostly yep. and uh i don't remember what kind of shoes he had on but everyone's wearing like I, th- I bet he had like nice cowboy boots on, which is not everyone's wearing like work. Yeah, boots. work. Yeah, you got like Carhartt boots on. Yeah, and everyone's wearing Carhartts, and then like if they're in, they're like wearing like coveralls. Wait, later at the at the um, dairy factory, we see him in just like a t shirt and work pants, and that was fine. But I just thought this intro to your point, Molly, is so funny because he's got this like ridiculous vest on, holding this piglet, and his hair's all done, and yeah. I was like. Fuck am I looking You're at? You're looking at like, like a calendar for yeah, like, exactly. I mean, and the fact that his hair is tousled, that's like rubber cemented that way. That thing a wind hits it. I mean, it that is moving. like two thousand six mm-hmm. peak. 
That's like J. Crew Incredihold. Yeah, my man is my man is on a wall at a Hollister. Holding yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> the flashbacks I just had. <laughs> so we all we, we we of course have to have conflict between Taylor and Jackson, hot farm boy. Jackson doesn't want to teach Taylor. Eventually, will go and teach Taylor how uh, on his truck. She is not good at driving stick shift. Now, Molly, I know that we have had this conversation and off-debated topic before. If we are talking about a manual transition vehicle, I will agree that pedals are harder oh, yeah, than sure. steering. I agree. I don't know how to drive a stick shift, so I can't answer. It's certainly harder than... The hard part for automatic. Taylor was shifting, so... It's actually the clutch is probably a yeah. hard part, but, it's, it, but it would be very hard to show the clutch, so yeah. the showing the the actual shifting does thing but to her credit so one jackson makes her stop he's got to check on the cow which is cute i guess we're gonna pay this off later very weird but it's uh he goes wait stop <laughs> just but, out of nowhere but after he's like you're so spoiled you never had to try anything in your life like he has to get that yeah of course he's got to have the chip on his shoulder and of he's got to yell at her about of it course. because it's a hallmark movie and we also he also has to say the line see what happens when you try even if it makes no fucking sense literally it's all this is this actually upset me so much. He was not teaching. Yeah. As a trainer at heart, he was not teaching. She's just person. jostling She's, the, the just jostling the the stick shift around. And the like, minute he says something mildly helpful, she's able to make progress. I don't know, like you're meant to when you're teaching somebody something new. And then he's like, "See what happens when you try." I'm like, "No." asshole you just were helpful that's all the difference that's all it took is you had to stop being a dick and guess what she made progress yeah i digress but it literally that just chapped me so hard i was like bro well and then she so they got to see the cow we can talk about the cow a little bit but there's a pregnant cow and like why is this in the movie i don't fucking know but because, yeah, we'll find of, out later. because no apparently <laughs> because apparently, apparently taylor is a cow whisperer which we're gonna find out later <laughs> but it's very much like our dolphins that we've had uh, in the yeah, yeah exactly she can fucking speak to cows but um <laughs> there's a cow and he wants to check on the cow and she gets out to like i don't know see it as well and he's like, well, you at least put the parking brake on. And of course she didn't. And so it goes down and it gets in the water. And all I could think was, he's like, you should have known. And I was like, no, my she man didn't know. She bro. doesn't know. Because if you're in an automatic and you are not on like a very steep hill, you can just put it in park. Mm -hmm. If you're on a fucking stick shift, you have to put the parking brake on. I didn't How know. would she know? I didn't like, know that until right now when yeah. you just oh, said that. that. You will roll. That's That car is primed to just go wherever gravity takes it. When, like, you, when you turn the car off, it's in neutral. Yeah. And so there's not like a park. Mm. There's a, there, it's just neutral. And then you have to put the e-brake on. Mm -hmm. And so why would she know that? She, she doesn't know how to drive a stick shift. She has no idea. It's such stupid, like, and, and I think that bothered me in this scene because again, now this is going to be the like you're so irresponsible no my man the guy that was supposed to teach her yes. failed her like it's not yes. it's not her being irresponsible 100%. like maybe she shouldn't have got out of the car he told her to stay but like it's just it's just not a very good setup but also to her credit the car goes in the water the car is clearly broken she's 
at least sympathetic and apologetic because it would have been really easy to write her to just be like what's the big deal your dad will buy you a new car yeah. like they could have made her more vapid yes. it was a gross truck anyway it was yeah it wasn't even a nice truck like and she immediately is like jackson i'm so sorry yeah. i will take care of this i will pay for it i did not mean to like she immediately yeah. does the right thing even though again 100%. it's not her fault and to, like just just a, in the world of what sort of like a strange discordant world we're in we have dad freak out about money on uh on taylor because it's going to take twenty eight hundred dollars in total to extract the truck and repair it does that not feel like a lot of money it feels like they should dad should buy him a new truck yeah dad should like, buy him a truck i i i have a hard time believing that that's how much that is gonna be twenty eight hundred dollars does not feel like enough money to fix i think my point is you could buy a whole truck yeah like for twenty eight hundred dollars for for that much money yes. like yeah. you could just buy a whole new like the truck is not a nice brand new truck yeah it's a fine truck but yeah. if i did the calculations on how much three grand is from then to now like i'm pretty sure you could just get a new truck you absolutely could here's the kicker though this is actually i agree with all of those points but what upset me more about this is that dad's like i'm not made of money twenty eight hundred dollars is a lot be wary of your spending. And then the next scene, they discuss the budget for Courtney's part of the cotillion that they are going to be a part of. And her budget is $25,000. And I was like, that's a joke. We're going to have a ha-ha moment. No ha-ha moment came. And I was like, you can't have been preaching to somebody about money doesn't grow on trees in the same room and then go to one of the two people who was there for that lecture and be like, hey, 25 grand. Remember, don't go over 25 grand, everybody. Yeah. That messaging would short circuit the brain of a, of a young teen. I also, also with the 25 grand, 25,000, Courtney's like, are you sure, dad? She's like, not one pet. Like, there's like a lot of like, almost joking that that's not enough money for her fraction of this party yeah. we've seen we've seen her be bad throughout yeah. this like when she bought the dress the woman at the counter's like are you not worried about the cost and she says sure how much is it and the woman says a thousand she's like that's almost within my budget like courtney the other sister mm -hmm. has consistently been bad i think what i would like and they do this more as the movie goes on taylor is clearly the lead of this film yep and i wish that there were more co-leads because I think that if Courtney was a little bit more prevalent from the beginning, then I would feel like there is that true tension between like more spoiled and kind of gets it. Uh, but instead, like Taylor's the older lead and you kind of like, oh, her sister sucks. Like, yeah. And her but her sister is actually the one that has to do the most growth throughout the movie. And I wish they were sort of paired up more. Then they set their house on fire. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that's not incorrect <laughs> crazy transition and also true it's i mean that's the transition we have the budget that gets discussed and then the next day their housekeeper is off courtney's like i hate when the housekeeper yeah, just, just little lines like that don't you hate when our housekeeper has a day off like bro okay <laughs> wow and they get called the, the details are they get called away to go shopping because there's a deal uh, not even a deal there's a new release and they throw a towel on a gas stove that is lit. And they when they forgot about their soup, because they forgot about their awesome can of tomato soup they were making. 
it, it was vegetable soup. Oh, just for the, I think that's an important point to make. Oh, okay. It yeah. <laughs> it's very Thank important. You for that clarification, Molly. I'm just sad because I really wanted soup yesterday and uh. Publix didn't have any kinds I wanted. Uh. So now I'm sad that someone else got soup and then and set then, their house and on then fire. And then set their house on fire. And, and my like, takeaway, Molly. You could have had soup. Had you had soup, mm. you potentially set your house on fire. That's so, true. Big, Maybe it's good I had a dodged, sandwich then. dodged it. Yeah. Maybe uh, it's good I had that sandwich I'm then. very appreciative. So these the, the two girls arrive back from their shopping. They get home to a whole host Which, wait, of emergency vehicles. I'm sorry in the to interrupt you. Taylor could just drive the stick now. Yep. By the way, she has had one it's half work. She's had one thirty second lesson from Jackson. Yeah, that that's a finicky clutch on that messing for sure. And then. They take the Mustang shopping and she's mm-hmm. like, wow, you're doing so great. And she does say those driving lessons are going well, but I can't imagine that's true because the truck is in the shop. Yeah. So <laughs> it's been underwater. Uh, she had that one 30 second lesson and now she's just driving the Mustang flawlessly. Yeah. That's because Taylor's name is Mary Sue. And um, she, <laughs> she's quite a Mary Sue. She's pretty damn she's close. close. She's close. She's, I, I agree. She's close. She's, I was fighting with myself throughout this movie if I thought she was or not. And I, I don't think she is without flaw, but I do think that any flaw she shows is immediately overcome. And this driving thing is a perfect example. Yeah. One scene, she can't drive it at all. The next scene, she can apparently drive it very professionally. She's a savant. Yeah. She's, she's been inside of a car yeah. that has a manual transmission. Because let me tell you, um, the Mustang, the classic Mustang is not going to be easier to drive. Uh, Molly, I'll just share with you different cars and how easy they are to handle the manual transmission are different. Some more modern cars are easier. And so that Mustang is not going to be simpler than the truck. I'm, I'll tell you. Gears are heavier. I mean, it's just it's just everything about that's just going to be bad. Yeah. It took me a second to realize that she was driving that car. And then when Courtney made that comment, I was like, wait, she shouldn't be able to drive this car. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, they were like, Courtney, <laughs> explain that away through one line. Go. <laughs> Here we are. So they arrived back to the house, which has had the kitchen set aflame. A, uh, a startlingly small blaze. And also the housekeeper's now present. Hmm. And she's gotten called in from her day off to help with this fire emergency. And dad is understandably pissed about his house being set ablaze due to negligence. Mm. And so he goes, you know what? I've canceled your credit cards. Cancel your plans. You are going to work at the factory up at seven o'clock. Your shift seven to three. Y'all remember those at Disney? Your shift seven to three Mm -hmm. and you have to be there. There is no excuse. You're going to earn your money. I think a fair punishment I think absolutely the right punishment. I think I think dad's a pretty good dad. I mean, he's not in 90% of the movie, but this front part, he does a good job. I don't know if they couldn't afford dad for (laughs) some of this movie. They just wrote him out. They're like most of it. That was my favorite part is if your children just set your house on fire and you're the single parent, I mean, you've got to ask you to help, right? But they've just set your house ablaze. And you've had to give some very strict punishment that requires them to to follow through on your demands. You stay to watch the follow through. He's got to see that butterfly. Butterfly, Alan. It only <laughs> comes out. It only it just comes out. Fucks off to year. the Amazon. My man's got to see a butterfly, Alan. <laughs> he... You ever need to see a butterfly real bad? He, he, not as bad as that guy. Reed needs to see a butterfly bad. You're right. I've never needed to see a butterfly that bad. No? Well, you know what? Reed did. Reed needs to I'm see not, it for all of us. You know, 
Good for Reed. Good man. for Reed. So he, as previously mentioned, is like, all right, you guys are going to do it. Great. And just fucks off to the Amazon. And I, I do want to say. I enjoy dad when he wakes them up with the bugle. <laughs> I did enjoy that a little bit because they were all like, it's too early. Why should we be awake? It's summer. And he's like, I don't give a shit. You're going to work. You're going to work. He then sets them up for failure by letting them go to work in those outfits. Yo. I had the same thought. I was like, you know better, dad. Like you work at this. You own this. I have a lot of issues that we can get into them when we get into the factory scenes, but I have a lot of issues with the factory. Uh-huh. We'll, we'll get into Tell it. Tell me about it. Are they, I, I know we'll get into it, but just, I'm just high level like OSHA. Yeah. Yes. Okay. They are all yes. food and they are all health and safety. Food concerns. and safety. Yes. Do, do they have gloves <laughs> anywhere in the facility at all? At I, any time. I, They're touching fucking dairy. None of, barehanded. None of their hairnets are properly covered. In the, their beards hair. fully exposed. Like Taylor and Taylor and Courtney's like, they may as well be on the back half of their head. Cause they, and then, and then Courtney goes, she, she sticks her chopsticks in it. She's wearing the like chopsticks that would hold her hair up. I had them at that age. And she, then when they have to put a hairnet on, she like sticks them back through the hairnet. And the fact they're wearing heels. And I'm like, no one would let them on a factory floor like they look well their daddy owns it slip yeah nepotism literally they walk in this sent me for a loop they walk in looking the way they looked and peak 2006 and they were like you know what the workers here have to like us right because nepotism and i was like no they don't it's probably gonna make them not like you but dad, to his credit, put them on the production line. I think dad should probably be investigated for, for, for I, all I the just, violations. I he just has. can't believe they don't have like a cl- like they just literally. OK, first of all, Miss Klein from Miracle or uh, Full Court Miracle. Yo, the community theater is out in force. Taylor's, in this movie. Taylor's also been in yeah. uh, shoes and now you see it. But Mrs. Klein, who is a great character in this film mm-hmm. as well, uh, is and a talented music. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> crushes it. <laughs> Fran come and of course everyone knows them it's a, like a smaller company uh, Fran is gonna give them a tour and she's showing them around the factory line and they're making yogurt and all these things and they're like oh are we like getting people coffee are we like filing things she's like no your dad very specifically wanted you on the production line and get get some hairnets and let's go where's the training I ask you do they not have to take a health and safety regulate like um, uh, remember working at Disney uh-huh. Max you worked Quick service food and beverage I did How many classes did you have to take about Safely handling food before you Touched food well, it was more than zero mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, you know what That makes me feel good yeah I feel confident Actually Oh dear <laughs> Wait now I'm actually not sure that's true <laughs> I'm actually not sure That that's accurate hold on Let me think about that for a second I'm Listener, you can't see my face, but it is stunned. <laughs> I don't remember what orientation was like all those years ago. E-classes, though. You can't just start touching food. 
I definitely took one for money, which was crazy. It yeah. was like, mm-hmm. which one of these is a dime? And that was a wild class for oh, me to take yeah, yeah. as a 20-year-old, let me tell you. Well, that's for international students, probably, isn't well, it? I had to take it, Molly. Well, it, yeah. was, it was for working a cash register, uh, and it was like, please yep. identify the quarter. And I was like, <laughs> guys? Crushed it. <laughs> the fact that that's in this the... Tra- I remember 15 that. 15 years too late. I, I got to tell you. Vividly. <laughs> Matra training? Oh, my oh, God. We got a more fun money class in guest relations about oh, which stealing oh sure and they showed us video of people stealing from their cash register drawers at in like the stores and being like we can see this by the way <laughs> I, I <laughs> don't am, do that i'm i'm probably misremembering what i remember my first day as it was showing up at 5 a.m and immediately working the pizza station and uh which for breakfast wasn't yeah. pizza but uh, I don't remember there I, being any learning, but I'm sure there was. I'm going to go ahead and, and guarantee, as someone who worked in total uh, quality and food safety for a, a national restaurant chain, you had to take some kind of learning before yeah. you can like touch food. Mm. Like maybe maybe you like didn't were testing pre bad. I don't know, but like you cannot just start touching people's food like we i had to take in guest relations some kind of food class at Correct. some point because we were working a special event where there was food i wasn't even handling that yeah. like there's this part drove me insane because similar to taylor not knowing to put the parking brake on a bunch of the stuff that is about to happen to them are they dumbasses? Yes. Do they have any common sense? No. But should someone have told them how to do this thing? Yes. Like Yeah. That is most most of the things that they get like that they that they do wrong, that they like the workers see them as it's not for a lack of them trying. Absolutely not. It's they just have accidents and make mistakes and like are maybe clumsy uh but the the reaction the overreactions are nuts like even even the most egregious when courtney drops the phone in the tub of yogurt right and she's like their bare hands she's like i don't know which tub of yogurt it's in and the guy's like we have to throw out all of the yogurt and i was like no man you can probably narrow it to these 10 tubs right here and also and she immediately (laughs) and he like stops it and it's like no we know just these like these it's one of those right there we could just we could just waste those and i know that's not nothing but like it's not the whole run it's not the whole run it's yeah and then she immediately solves the problem it's like oh we know which one it is and it's only that one and it's okay and i was like it really feels like you made that a problem. Like, yeah. Yeah. like you, you experienced dairy factory worker made this a bigger issue than this girl did. No. Well, and then the next thing that happens is we can get more into like things that happen with like the tension between the, the workers and them. Uh, Cause it's obviously important, but like the next thing that goes wrong for them is they're carrying, um, blueberries, big containers of like blueberries that you would add to yogurt, like soupy looking syrupy blueberries. Ooh, and, they're wearing fucking stilettos and slip and spill it everywhere. And again, why would you let them on the factory floor in stilettos? You wouldn't. You would. You have to wear kitchen safe shoes. Yeah. When I worked, I didn't. I worked in a corporate office, and if I was going to a restaurant to check on the restaurant, I, as a corporate person, had to bring food safety approved shoes to go into the kitchens at these restaurants. That I remember. That you remember those Hey-o. horrible black shoes. Yeah. Yes, and very so grippy. Again, very I grippy. don't believe like the plot would still work 
if their punishment is that they have to wear ugly like 100% extra clothes yes. because they are dressed inappropriately that would be terrible for them if they're like oh you can't wear that and they have to get like frumpy like hand-me-down 100% clothes from a closet it would make more sense and then at least when they fuck up and drop something it's not because no one told them they can't wear stilettos yep. yes we get and you both have talked about individual events and i think those are the main two but we get, I think, probably one of the better executions of mistake montage uh, in a decom that we've had in a very long time, uh, because we don't do it seventeen different times. We do yeah. it three, yeah, and that's the perfect amount of times for us to be like, okay, we get it. They're clumsy. Okay, we get it. There's they're so focused on their own shit that they're not focused on the work that they're there to do. What we also have happen, and we and we meet, uh, as you mentioned, we meet Fran, but we also meet uh, the great homemade jam session that happens on mondays i love it i submit to you tell me <laughs> is together at the creamery the best decom original song it i know might be. i know we just watched high school musical <laughs> i submit to you with lines like happy to be right here you see working at the creamery is i submit to you is this the best original decom song you know what max i I want to say yes. I don't. <laughs> I cannot in good conscience on the heels of High School Musical say such a thing. You don't well, want, you don't think together at the Creamery usurps bop to the top? I sure don't. <laughs> uh, but I did enjoy it. And I, and uh, the, the band is there to establish two things. One, everybody likes their dad. Their dad has created a very nice work environment for them. And we actually hear this through Nick, who I really enjoy, who's somebody that works at the factory. And he comes over and they all know him because they're like, they know him. He's invited to Courtney's cotillion party. Like it's, it is nice that they have these kind of familial relations with some of the, the workers. They're going to get there more with some of the other ones. But um, Nick is like, oh yeah, your dad thought this would be fun. So on Mondays, we like, play music and then that's the first thing is you're establishing that the dad has a is a good boss and the second thing it's this time right where the girl they're like does anyone want to sing and taylor's like i do and they're all like no, no. this is for real factory workers yeah not the not you not you isn't this also when we meet philippe not not bell's horse yes but we do meet he, philippe as a walk by here uh and this is philippe is the french boy who is here working uh is this guy on an internship <laughs> i don't know why he needs to be here he's here for courtney what, and what that's that it. guy in that movie why is he gotta he's be here french? for courtney <laughs> he's here for courtney she has an she wanted an international why, love interest why does he have to be in the movie at all it doesn't make any goddamn sense <laughs> But I just, I, <laughs> Allie and AJ are like, we both need love interest. We both need one. And AJ is like, my needs to be French. <laughs> and named after a Disney horse. <laughs> we can make it happen, Allie. Yes, we can do it. I, I fancy myself a bell. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, we got a man named Angus for you. <laughs> That's right. No. Um, but I just, oh I, I guess the reason I brought that up is there is clearly tension between the workers who live a very different life than the girls. It's interesting to see the difference in how they respect and treat Reed because they knew Reed worked for what he got versus how they treat Taylor and Courtney who they know have not. Mm -hmm. So it's, there is 
it's easy to reconcile is what I'm trying to say. It's easy to reconcile that because Reed every day is making a positive impact or trying to make a positive impact for them. And now they have these two girls here mm-hmm. who have just sort of skated by thus far. Yeah. So the first day goes with many incidents and then they believe they can get paid for one day of work and they learn that no, you gotta work for a week before you can receive a paycheck. And I'm here to break it to you folks, sometimes you gotta work for two. Yeah, it's pretty (laughs) uncommon you work for a week and get paid for a paycheck. That's true. And also uncommon, even in 2006 I'm sure, is having a dude named Melvin sitting there with your paycheck, handing it out to you in the stub. Mm. I know even like when we worked at Disney, it was incredibly rare that people would choose to and elect to get paper checks every week. Oh, sure. I did get paper checks when I was a camp counselor. This episode of Zetus Lapidus is brought to you by Aura Frames. These high quality and easy to use Wi-Fi connected digital picture frames allow you to beautifully showcase your photos and videos and are the perfect gift for any occasion. You can even link up with your friends and family to share photos and videos as well. So if you want to be your parents' favorite kid this year, be sure to give them this with a bunch of pictures of you. And then just keep adding them all year long, just so you remind them that you're the best. All you have to do is upload your photos or videos into Aura Frames' easy-to-use app, and voila, it's ready to be displayed on your connected frames. You know, like when you need photo or video evidence of when you definitely didn't approve under-the-table business dealings for your lava business. And with Black Friday and Cyber Monday right around the corner, Aura Frames is giving their best discount of the year on their Carver Matte Frames. So be sure to use our discount code MAMMOTH for $40 off your purchase through November 28th or up to $30 off through December 31st. That's discount code MAMMOTH when picking up your Carver Matte Frames through our sponsor, Aura Frames. And don't worry, we'll place the link in our episode show notes so it's easy to find and use. Anyway, I'm going to send Molly's frame a bunch of pictures of Kronk and Great White Sharks. Now, back to the regularly scheduled chaos. Which was probably around this time for the for the first. Probably much smaller operation than a factory, though. I don't know. It seemed like a pretty small. Camp. I was going to say, I don't pretty think that there, there are that many people working at that factory. Yeah. Well, we just saw the yogurt department. We never saw cheese. That's true. We also didn't see the That's pasteurization for milk area. We didn't see that either. But I wish I worked in the cheese department. <laughs> I would lose money because I'd be like, I need a little snack. <laughs> Just As a little the, snack. Oh, a little, I, little taste. Molly would be ruining production lines all day long. <laughs> I would Absolutely. Be like, oh, I drive my phone in this one. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Just, <laughs> I'm gonna eat this, I'll take it. I got it. I situation. got it. Gotta waste this bucket. When yeah. he's like, that's coming out of your paycheck. I'd be like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, pal. <laughs> How much can I take out? How much do I make? Um, they, they get home and... Taylor wants to go and hand deliver the check for $2,800 to Jackson. Gives him a call. And the setup for this is it's going to be a a date, a meet cute situation. It's a Hallmark movie, as you said, Molly. It's going to be a a meet cute moment. They seem to both know it's a date. Yeah, Yeah. she's getting all all gussied up and he's getting flowers. He didn't like her two seasons ago. No, didn't like her. She ran his truck into the water and ruined it. And... He described her as condescending and spoiled. A brat, yeah. And now my man is picking out his outfits and getting flowers because she's coming to bring the money for like what what happened here? What what happened we between the quickly. last scene and the Yeah, you know what? Honestly inexplicable. Almost as inexplicable as what happens when we meet the next boy. But before we do that, Taylor <laughs> doesn't meet Jackson. She falls asleep because she's tired from making it. She's tired o'clock. from having to go to work one time. So, and I just want to establish yeah. because I think that it puts the whole movie in context. This whole film takes place in less than a week. Yes. 
it is it's actually like because we know dad's vacation was one week and he comes back early so it is less than a week that this whole movie takes place. That's nuts. Correct. This is a day apart. <laughs> These two Correct. incidents are a day apart. Uh, right. She and learned to drive sticks so fast. So fast. <laughs> Those lessons, right? Where did she go? Taylor falls asleep, is not able to hand deliver the check to Jackson. And then we have Courtney going with her friend in sort of like this pseudo way to meet Philippe. And if this isn't the most real French accent I've ever heard in my entire life, I don't know what else is. It was amazing meeting this boy. But he's an exchange student and he's staying at like a nerdy kid's house. Yeah. So they go sweet talk the nerdy kid and they're like, hey, do you want to come to our party? And he's like, no. He's like, like, there can be video games there. And you're like cool and uh then he goes and they're like and they're like did you want to bring a friend or do you have an exchange student he's like yeah i do have an exchange what are the odds of that this wasn't planned at all and then philippe immediately wants to go he immediately wants to dance he's he's bought in just like that no by the way no problem at all by the way courtney goes there with her uh best friend i think one of her good friends who it's established that uh, her parents work at the factory and later Courtney's going to be shocked to find out that that girl doesn't have as much money as she does. That's Courtney is Courtney's so idiot. <laughs> fucking disconnected this entire, like I, what? I don't know. Guys. I, is I, her I dad, Nick? Am yeah. I, I yeah. think yeah, her dad's Nick. Yeah. Her dad is Nick. The guy I like. That's yeah. why they're invited to the party. Yeah. That makes sense. Correct. Okay. It's all coming together. So after this evening of new romance and, apparently a romance that was known, but sort of fallen through with Jackson and Taylor. We arrive at the next day. We have to go back to the factory and there is a crisis afoot. Everyone's checks that we have just seen them received the day before have bounced. And Bob is there looking disheveled and blaming Reed. He walks in he's like the money's all gone. Money's all gone guys. Reed took more than just his luggage when he left to go to the Amazon. This, is his this exact is, line. This is so crazy to me. Okay. Because first, first of all, Sweet Milton's like, I, my, I'm great at the books. So yeah. I don't trust those computers. I, you know, Milton knows what's up. And Bob comes out, just immediately blames Reed and goes, I'll get on a plane to go track and <laughs> And you're like, and everybody's like, that is a good idea. Bob, yes, Bob. Bob. That's a great idea. <laughs> Bob, Bob, way to go, Bob. You know where we need you in this time of crisis? Where we need our like co-leader? Yeah. The Amazon rainforest. <laughs> Get your ass down there. Find yeah. Rain. We need both of you gone. No, I need you out of cell phone, cell phone service as well. Get out of here. And Get on Bob, Bob might as well also just be like, he did it. I'll go after. I'm going to get on a plane out of the country with your money now. Right, like, yeah. he might as well go. Like, hey, <laughs> these two teenagers, they're the boy. All right, let's go. I'm, I'm going to an offshore <laughs> bank account in he the Cayman. He might as well be packing the briefcase with money and be like, <laughs> yeah. it was Reed. <laughs> he seriously might as well have, like, dollars sticking out of it like a cartoon. <laughs> he runs away with the money just flying out of the briefcase. He's got, like, a big bag with a dollar sign <laughs> on the it. Monopoly guy. <laughs> Like he literally got like he has a mascot like a striped shirt. <laughs> He's wearing the face he just, of he a he comically like, he a looks co- like the hamburger. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, you've seen those Crocs? Yeah. I kind of want them. <laughs> And he's like, Reed took the 
of money. I don't know. And like, uh, and, he should and pull Grimace up. is like, bro. He should pull up in a new sports car. Like, <laughs> what happened here? Oh, oh God. Man. But the fact that everybody at the factory is like, good plan, Bob. You got Bob. it, Bob. Also, well, this is, I'm going to jump ahead here, but they turn on Bob immediately at the faintest suggestion that Bob might be to blame. Everybody in the factory is like, you're fucking right. He's an asshole and a dog. We don't need him. And like, what? Why would you want to leave? Reed. Bob. Okay. Because I thought that it was so odd that immediately they're like, Bob's like, it's Reed. And everyone's like, Reed, you asshole. And then we find out like Reed's been so nice. Right? But like, some of them, Fran is Reed. like, Fran is yeah. like, up for Reed. Yeah. But then, but nobody thinks it's Bob. Yeah. And then immediately the girls are like, hey, you guys thought of Bob? And they're all like, hey, actually, yes. Fuck like, that that guy. here's the list of <laughs> suspicious <laughs> shit <laughs> Bob has had done. A bag of money. <laughs> Did you see his mask? <laughs> why was, why? Why was he wearing a mask? Who out of he his just briefcase. sent me a postcard from the Caymans. <laughs> I thought it was nice. Yeah. Oh, God. So the girls go and check in Bob's office. He's like, maybe Bob hasn't left yet. And I've got news for you, girls. That dude's fucking out of here. He's already <laughs> flown the coop. Like so broken picture. <laughs> he finds the broken that, picture. That's weird. That's their clue. Is yes. That Bob, Bob took the picture of what him and Reed and like Scooby-Doo of the clues. Is that bullshit? Oh, he broke a picture. Picture frame that means he's a villain he's gotta be the bad guy oh god so taylor after hearing the plight of the factory workers wants to take action to aid them and <laughs> wants to take action to aid the workers and goes hey courtney you know that 25k you've got laying around for a party we should use that to help tide over the worker's salary. Because all these people are like, I have to pay my mortgage yeah. and like actually have... I'm going to lose my home. Nick, which now that I know Nick is Courtney's friend's dad, I yeah. hate Courtney more. Because yeah. Nick literally goes, I live paycheck to paycheck. Yeah, like a lot of people here. I was like, oh, Jesus, this is like real. And like, Courtney sucks. And like, Not I, now, my problem. She's like, like, if I found out that... One of my friends was like, I don't know. I just, now I hate her more because she is, I understand she's a 14 year old girl and like sure it's not really her problem to fix this, but right. like she's incredibly selfish. And it's one thing when it's people that are like a distance from her, but to know that one of them is her best friend directly impacted and she still doesn't want to help is really mm -hmm. shitty. Also, and this, it's important to note here, just sort of like in the meantime, Courtney is getting to know some of the factory workers. She went over to Fran's house for dinner. They went over and hung out, made dinner together, like got to know how nice of people Fran, like Fran and her husband are. Who because, also works there. Who also works at the factory because they're like, why are you guys making so many pizzas? Oh, well, this is just for us, but we want to make some for our neighbors too who like, yeah. who can't make food or who aren't able to. I'm like, holy shit, they're giving you every reason. Like Courtney's there. It's not like she is a, a party who is absent from these events. She's just there witnessing them the same way that Taylor is. And they're having such different responses. And also Fran says to marry a guy who can cook. And I was like, that is good advice, Fran. I agree mm. with that. Mm. Well, we all know what's coming next. We know Jackson's mad at Taylor. Jackson's not going to take Taylor's calls. Right, that has to happen. The, the romance still has to continue. Okay, but I, I have to share that I loved this moment where Taylor calls and... Jackson's dad answers and he's like, tell her I'm not here. And and the dad's like, he says he's not here. <laughs> and then 
and then Jackson like leaves and he goes, yeah, he had, um, he had to run to the bathroom and I just wanted him to be like, he's got explosive diarrhea. Taylor. (laughs) (laughs) It's You don't want to go in there, Taylor. It's really ugly. Do not come over. We we didn't. uh, Listen, we ran out of poopery. It's, it's going to be bad. We're going to have to really air the house out here. Taylor. (laughs) Windows down. Yeah. So as, as we have that moment, because we have to continue making the romance, uh, a factor, we get back to the factory where all the workers are sitting together discussing what they're going to do. And Taylor, in this moment of uh, desperation, sends Courtney out of the factory to go get her phone. There's like, hey, leave because of excuse. And Taylor gets up and tries to speak in front of the workers. They don't want to listen, which is fair, right? Because she's a 16-year-old trying to talk with these adults who are going through a true crisis of like, how am I going to pay my mortgage? Well, and they're like, one, you're 16. Two, you have no idea like what money is and what struggles are. And like, you have lived this incredibly posh, not even posh, like, I mean, spoiled, uh, privileged life. And... That's one, because of us, partly, mm-hmm. which is not incorrect. Like, they work hard at the factory, which makes her dad a lot of money. But, like, what has she done? Like, it comes back to the same thing where they didn't want to let her play in the band because she's not a real factory worker. Yeah. She doesn't understand the true impact of what's happening right here. And what Taylor does effectively is she's like, <laughs> if I can secure the, you guys your checks by the end of the day today, will you please work for the day? And after much cajoling, the factory workers sort of like begrudgingly go back to work. Well, because that's sorry to we haven't really said this, like several of them are like, why would I keep working here if I'm not going to get paid? Yeah. And Fran and a couple others are like, but Mr. Callum's always been amazing to us. Like, surely this, you know, but we think it's Bob like they've like unveiled and all these people are like, yeah, that's great, but that's not going to pay my bills. Yeah. So as Courtney is out, like she's meets with the French boy, the French boy's nice. They have a conversation, which is just a long enough distraction for Taylor to slip out with Fran to go and withdraw 20,000 of the $25,000 of Courtney's budget for her cotillion and use it to pay checks for the week. And I'll say this, Taylor doing this without Courtney's permission or without Courtney's buy-in is shitty. Do I think it's as shitty as these factory workers not being paid? No. But Courtney's impending freakout, I can understand looking at it through 14-year-old eyes. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. I think Courtney's shitty. But I was like, God, it's so selfish, and it makes me so sick saying that. It's so shitty. Taylor did the right thing. I I mean, I, I, I will empathize that I agree why she would freak out. I don't know that I call her action shitty. Like I, I both can see why Courtney would react the way she does because she is a product of her environment. Mm. But I, I have a hard time calling taking $20,000 for a fucking cotillion and allowing humans to live a shitty decision. I don't really give a fuck what Courtney thinks about that. Yeah. Like, no, my, my, I don't want to talk about the money being taken as the wrong. I think that's correct. Objectively correct. That money should not be used for a party when it's when you need to put food on people's table. The people that work for the people you, that right? work yeah. for the, the, the company. What I'm saying is like they've had a conversation and Taylor has promised not to do it. 
and breaking the promise, I am like, okay, that I get why you're doing it. I support the money. You shouldn't have ever promised. You should have been like, I'm doing this. My name's on the account. You don't get a call. Sure. Like that. That's what I'm saying. I understand why it needs to happen for the conflict of the film. I get it. I just am like that in my head and sort of like my righteous justice is like, you know, according to your 14, my name's on the account. You don't get the call. Yeah. Like where this money's going. I understand Courtney being upset and being mad and like being disappointed that she doesn't get to have the cotillion, especially because Taylor got to have a cotillion. Mm. She's trying to keep up with these other girls who suck. Even they suck. They oh my God. Suck. They're terrible. Like they're the worst. They are what kind of like, I think everyone thinks that that Taylor and Courtney are mm. like, they are just the vapid shallow. Yep. Don't think about anyone else. Bratty girls. And Courtney's trying to keep up with them and, so I, I understand Courtney being disappointed and I was like that real I mean you would be disappointed that would suck if you were looking forward to this thing and now you don't get to have it anymore but then she goes too far by being like you're the worst sister in the whole world and I hate you and you're only doing this because your cotillion was great and you don't want me to upstage you she takes it a crazy direction past why she takes it past just like i'm disappointed i don't get to do this thing yeah which i can understand as a 14 year old because like we talked about in high school musical it's like your world is is teeny tiny yeah, sure. but then when she takes it to like you're doing this for selfish reasons i'm like shut up courtney yeah i mean it's just it's it's a lot of like making herself the victim and being again she's being very self-centered courtney's written as a great like antithesis to taylor yeah yeah um but it just highlights Taylor more as this like very likable, good character because she does. And to your point, Molly, like this is the girl who has a friend who has like, she's just heard her friend's dad be like, well, we're not gonna be able to buy food or pay our mortgage or mm -hmm. whatever. And she's like, no, my fucking party yeah. is more important. Like, yeah, it is mind boggling. It's bonkers. Yeah. Her, her position is bonkers. And I will say this now, I think her taking this stand right now makes her turn in 10 minutes harder to believe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because this is the moment where it should, it like this, the tension is so high and the reason to change is so big that in 10 minutes going and seeing your friend who's getting her dress made is not, that's not it. Like, that's not the thing. It, it should have been when Taylor suggested it, Courtney goes, no. But then when she hears all the people saying, I can't pay my bills, that she goes, you're right. I'm only thinking to myself. And you can move that breakdown up. Right. Yeah. You can move some of this like she throws a fit. You're only doing this because you can move all of this shit that's happening right now up to when Taylor's like, we need to use your cotillion money. The initial and, combo. And spread it out more and even be like, I'm going to go to the bank, like threaten to do it. I, my name is on the account. I'm going to go do it. And she throws a fit and she move all that shit up. And then have her turn later. Like, because when she turns, it doesn't feel earned. Like, if you were steadfast through all this bullshit, why are you going to turn later? That's so unbelievable. Because you've heard the same consistent message from your sister the entire time. You've heard the same consistent message from all of the factory workers over and over and over again. Why the fuck would it matter if you see your friend who you've had these types of vapid and shallow conversations with before and she's gone along with, right? 
because of her friend feeling peer pressure because Courtney's a part of that group. It's there. There's no reason for her to turn here. And it's just so, as you said, and I'm just, I'm sort of like piling on. It's just not earned in the slightest. Taylor makes the objectively correct, morally right decision, takes the $20,000 out of the account to pay for people's wages so that they might have food and shelter. And after she makes this correct decision, we have the blow up with Courtney, which I think no more needs to be said about that. But Taylor shows up on Jackson's porch (laughs) because who does she go to for comfort? But the guy who doesn't like her. My man's just carrying around some wood. Yep. I'm telling you. Hallmark movie. She looks in through the uh, screen door and and he walks by carrying some logs. And he goes, what are you doing here? You know when he... Jackson. I enjoy Jackson, I gotta say. Sure. He's a nice character. He looks like a good Hollister model. (laughs) I do think Michael Trevino looks like he could be a Hollister model. Uh Oh, God. We're starting And another show that he really looks like a Hollister model on because Uh everybody did was called Summerland. Summerland? Where he played Tim Bowser. It was a great show. It had Aunt Becky from uh, Full House on it before Uh before the trial. And uh, Zac Efron was in it. Uh, But so was uh, a character named Brayden Westerly, who was played by Jesse McCartney. You guys remember him? He was Mm -hmm. a singer. I do remember. Not another pretty face. Yes. But Jesse McCartney also voiced a character, Max, that I know you're a big fan of. Terrence from the Tinkerbell series. Oh, yes. yes. The Dusky oh. Yes, yes. Jesse McCartney was the voice of Terrence in the Tinkerbell series. Tinkerbell is voiced by Mae Whitman, mm-hmm. who's been in a lot of TV shows. You may know her from like Parenthood. Parenthood. Um, but she also voiced the character Glitter on American Dad for a few episodes. Oh. And uh, a, an actor that I love and cherish, and I know I'm not alone in that feeling, actually went on an episode of American Dad as himself, and that's Tyrese Gibson, who, huh. in our world, yeah. Roman Pierce. Obviously. Yes, Roman. Roman Pierce. Now, Roman appears in many of the Fast and Furious films, but he is in what we all agree on is the best of the Fast and Furious films, Fast, Fast Five. five. Mm-hmm. And that is the best for many reasons, but one of them is because that is the introduction Hobbs. Right. The Rock. Oh, Hobbs, Dwayne the Rock. Played by Dwayne the Rock Johnson, who yeah. also played Matthias in The Scorpion King. Of course. Of course. Mm. Uh, accompanying him as Balthazar was Michael Clark Duncan, who also in 1998's hit cinematic masterpiece Armageddon played Bear. He did. He sure did. Yes. Yes. Now, you can't have a story like Armageddon without someone to uh, adapt that screenplay. And for Armageddon, it was Shane Salerno. And he has just continued to work on bangers because he also was the writer of Avatar The Way of Water. Wow. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. He's a big budget kind of guy. In Avatar The Way of Water, we have Neytiri, who's played by Zoe Saldana. Mm-hmm. And I was introduced to her as Eva in Center Stage, the ballet movie. An amazing movie. Where her roommate uh, is Maureen, played by Susan May Pratt. I was first introduced to her as Mandela in 10 Things I Hate About You. 
which is a, a great high school wow, drama. I love that movie. You know, yeah. the, a little rom com right there. If we're talking about good ones there, uh, in, it's just too good to be true. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> in, uh, in Ten Things I Hate About You, you've got Chastity played by Gabrielle Union as one of the students uh, who is also Isis in Bring It On, the hmm. fantastic cheerleader film, which I'm sure we've all seen. Uh, in Bring It On. The Toros have many a character, including Missy, who's the outsider come in, played by Eliza Dushku. Uh, Eliza Dushku also voiced She-Hulk on Hulk and the Agents of Smash, which was an animated Marvel series. Uh-huh. And in that animated series, you had many of your favorite Marvel characters, but usually voiced by different people than played them in the MCU. And one of the Marvel characters that showed up, Alan. Tommy. Doctor Strange. Yep, he's there. Doctor Strange showed up in Hulk and the what Agents of Smashed. What a guy. And uh, he was voiced by Jack Coleman, who in this film plays dad, Reed Kellum. Hey! Love yeah. Love that. Gotta go through the Marvels, and I'm happy that you went through Strange. You know That's why Taylor's so good at math. Mm-hmm. Her dad is Doctor Strange. Dad's Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange. Yep. Dad adds we know Doctor Strange is good at math. I've seen him do it. <laughs> He's math very, magic. He, math magic, man. Yeah. Math is magic. You've been Armageddon, the part of the show where Molly, by no one's urging, has found yet another way this decom can be tied to the smash hit Armageddon. Don't tell her to stop because she won't. Well, after meeting Jackson, they really Taylor just unloads on him. All of her emotions, all of her thoughts and feelings, which leads to a a moment of just absolute insanity, where Martha, the cow we met earlier, you remember her, Martha? I sure do. Martha's calving. Mm-hmm. And Jackson, instead of rushing off alone, is like, come with me yeah. to Taylor. <laughs> it's like, come on, let's go see the birth. And they roll up on Martha's calving and they're just, there's, she's just not giving birth. And Taylor's like, she's not giving birth because this bull over there, I, I she have, says bull, this I have, bull I, over there, I, I have to say something is watching her. Not, you wouldn't want to be going through this. If there was somebody in the same room as you, shoe bull, bull it's, shoe, it's, it's not a bull. It's what was not, that? It's not a bull. It's. Oh my God, it's not a bull. For so many reasons, it's not a bull. It's not a bull because you couldn't just have a bull standing in the barn with three people right there. That would be so incredibly dangerous. They're Bulls are so incredibly dangerous animals. You have to keep them separate from the cows unless you're breeding them. You would not let a bull just into the barn with two teenagers and a guy and a cow giving birth. And the biggest reason that it's not a bull, uh-huh. the biggest reason that it's not a bull is it had fucking udders. Yeah, so, it, it didn't, it, a noticeable lack of a penis. <laughs> Really what it was. No balls, <laughs> yeah. but did have udders. Yeah. So I was like, "What? Did what? I ever, like what? Did I ever what? tell you this story? My on my grandparents' farm, uh-huh. uh, it had cattle. One one of which was a bull. The bull's name very original, Big Boy. Yeah, uh, Big Boy was an asshole. Sure, they all are. They all are. Yes, all bulls, as you mentioned, are assholes. My first memory of that farm is in the back of a beat up pickup truck, as one it has on a farm. And I'm sitting in the bed of a pickup truck. I do not remember the age I was, but big boy is charging and chasing the truck as we are like motoring out of the field and pasture where yeah. big boys kept because he was, he just got mad. Like I, as an adult human, 
when my grandparents had bulls on the farm, I wasn't allowed within like 20 feet of the fence because my grandma's like, he'll break the fence and I won't fix it. Like, th- this is so... And I'm sure a not farm person watching this is like, yeah, that's definitely a bull watching. But like, what the fuck? And also, how the fuck is she listening to the cow say, I don't want the bull here? And then she shoes the bull away and then the cow gives birth. That's not how that works. Molly, Taylor has a lot of experience on a farm. In 40 she minutes. She has spent a lot of time with cows. Yeah. She is in touch with the cows. Yep. She knows. And she knows what the cow is thinking. And again, I submit to you that she's really close, if not a Mary Sue. Uh, she <laughs> she's Misha Barton. She's, she's, Misha, Bar- she's Misha Barton in the, it is in, a wild in character the ring of choice. Light. I don't know why this cow needs to be in this movie. Mm-hmm. I don't understand at all why these scenes need to be in this film. Martha and Philippe don't make fucking sense. Yep. It's just like, why do we have these two? We didn't need this. We didn't Devices. need this. Here. But what we do get is a kissing scene because after no, this, no, first, oh yes, we get no. her hugging that baby calf while it's covered <clears throat> in birth juices, <laughs> and I think a baby calf is adorable. They are so fucking cute. Absolutely no fucking chance would i be hugging i hate the user said birth juices i'm not hugging anything that's covered Sorry. in birth juices. <laughs> i don't care what kind of animal it is. I'm not hugging it if it's in birth juice. Well, that's so that we could get uh, the next scene of her walking around in, in his Jackson's clothes. clothes. Yeah. Like, like she shacked the night before. In the, kissing in the field. You and me going kissing in the dark. This movie centers on the factory. And I don't know how we couldn't have the like reunion and him seeing that she is a good person happen at the factory. She has just shown multiple good moments of her like sacrificing or like her making choices for the betterment of the people there and like making the good choice. Why can't those be the moments where Jackson right. won over? Because this, the central conflict of this film is the factory. Why can't that be the moment where all of these things start resolving? And we know he goes there. We saw him there that he, he takes the milk yeah. He's Why couldn't he be there. making a delivery? Why couldn't he be making a delivery exactly. and see something happen? And they like, like, why the fuck is there a cow birth in this movie? I just, I. Dude, it's a good question. But we don't linger on it, though. We get a smooch. Move on out. And we go right back. Move on out. Yeah. We go right back to the factory. Yeah, that was an original joke. Did you like that? Yeah, it was you good. You it was very funny? Yeah, crushed, yeah. dude. Crushed, crushed. Uh, <laughs> 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 I have a very specific brand of humor that I really enjoy, and it's just move jokes. Yeah. Hello, darkness. <laughs> <laughs> so we get back to the factory. Courtney is still just being uh, the most dramatic person on the face of the earth, and this is when we get the third thing that goes wrong where she sets the date of expiration of the product back 20 days oh <laughs> and is it <laughs> i really thought this was never gonna come up like we basically get to the like yeah, resolution do. of the film and then they're like guys you know that all of our shit's expired like we don't this- i really thought that they were just gonna do this and then walk away from i it. don't need this also yep. this is Same. another plot line i don't need especially because after she does it Somebody runs it. Fran runs in and is like, Bob didn't fucking check the milk because he's on a plane to the Caymans and the milk's all gone bad. So we've got to buy new milk. It's like she creates conflict and then they introduce conflict on top of it. Right. And it's like, you know what? You need one of those. It's just, 
we've now got Taylor trying to figure out how to buy more milk. Why couldn't this... Why couldn't we just have had Courtney fuck the milk up somehow? If I don't understand this. Th- yeah. There's, it, there, there's so, it's inexplicable. We get resolution where everybody is like on the girl's side and then they fuck it up again. Yes. And it's like the the order of events in the end of this movie are so hard to Maddening. understand who wrote this. Maddening. Like, we have two things that are occurring. Taylor is trying to figure out how to get money to buy milk to replace the milk that expired because of Bob's negligence because he is running to the Caymans. We also have Courtney trying to still fit in with her friends who are objectively shitty as they are trying to plan their cotillion. They all suck so hard. And it's wild that this all happens in the span of five minutes where Courtney is angry because she's been cast out of the cotillion group because she only has $5,000 of the $25,000. And Taylor's like, you don't think of anybody but yourself, you're selfish. And Courtney's like, I've got, I can't believe y'all. And she storms away. Not only does she storm away, she quits the job her dad made her do. I don't think you can do that, Courtney. And runs to her best friend's house where she happens in upon her best friend having her dress altered and in the walk because she had to walk from the factory to her friend's house she goes to extensive therapy (laughs) i don't even think that's true because when she walks in the door she's like she sees her best friend and she goes oh i thought you got something from this designer and her best friend's like yeah yeah courtney we can't afford that like you look at the house i'm in like I, we we can't. You my, just heard my dad yesterday saying my dad we can't afford groceries. Just said we the guy you pay, just quit the factory from. I, we found this at like a thrift. We're getting it altered, whatever. And and Courtney's like, oh, I just I thought you were rich like me. I how? didn't know you were a poor. How Courtney? And how? And and her friends like, well, yeah, of course you think that you're like a dipshit. You're self centered. And Courtney's like, that is exactly what my sister said to me. And is it, that like, true? This is the moment. It there. It, it happens in this moment. Therapy all at once. I just, part of me wants to be like, is it because you have to hear it from somebody who's not your family? But even oh then. God. This delivery and exchange and the immediate about face we get. That's what I think is the craziest part, because sure, sometimes hearing something from an outside party is needed because, you know, there's too much tension maybe with Taylor. But yeah, the fact that she immediately is like, oh, that's okay. You don't have to have a designer dress. And oh, that's fine. Like, oh. And she just immediately, this is all it takes. All it takes is her friend being like, yeah, you are self-centered for her to be like, I'm going to completely change everything about myself right now. While that's happening, cutaway in another moment that hurt my soul. Taylor is doing the right thing and trying to earn money to buy milk from Jackson's father's farm. And in doing so happens upon the gentleman who helped restore the Mustang that was her mom's Mustang and says, Hey, would you like to buy my Mustang? And the guy's like, I don't think I can afford that. I've only got $9,000. And Courtney goes, ship it. Yeah. I'll take it. <laughs> and I was like, huh? 
I mean, it's so beautiful and so kind. But hey, also, good for that guy. He gets a car he would never afford otherwise. Yeah, he gets that car. $9,000 is a deposit to get the, the shipment started, but it's not everything that's needed. I also love this scene because we're going to spoil something, but she asked Jackson, like, yo, can y'all spot us some milk? And he's like, I can't even ask my dad. She's like, okay, I'll sell my car and I'll give you the nine G's to like buy some milk. And then later they need more milk. And dad's like, yeah, of course we'll give you milk. Like, <laughs> wild. He's like, and, and Jackson's like, we can't do that. Like, that's not how we operate. And dad's like, now Jackson, let me tell you how business works. So if they're not operating, yeah, we, we actually don't have a client. And so they have to operate. Like we have to give them milk. And so dad immediately was like, yeah, we'll just give them the milk. And like, yeah. Jackson paints it like his dad's just like, give too milk generous. Yeah. And like, you know, he, he gives away things cause he's a good person. Yeah. But it, in reality, it's damaging to them. But then the fact that the dad's like, no, this is how this, we don't have a client. Yeah. So in business, <laughs> like we sort of need yeah. them. It's there's, a symbiotic we, relationship. We call this a supply chain, right? <laughs> and, here's, and, and it starts here and in here. We are the supply. And we are the supply that moves yeah. that along. And Jackson just was like, I'm not even going to ask him. And dad's like, no, actually, we could just give you the, maybe you didn't need to sell your maybe, Mustang. Maybe you didn't need. Which, can you imagine how shitty that would feel? Holy Holy fuck. I, I didn't I even think about that. I wish they would have paid <laughs> off the Mustang thing, though. Like, I'm so bummed that she sold her mom's yeah, car for $9,000. So, I wish that that guy had been like, I'll just give you the nine G's. Like, I know what you're trying to do with it. I know your dad. He's good for it. Like, I wish. Or like at the end, he had been like, I never cashed your check. Like, or, or you can like, have your car I'll back. give you the money. I'm like, you can pay it back. Like, I'll take the car on collateral. Yeah. Right? Like, I know this car is important to you. I'm going to enjoy driving it for a little bit, but like, yeah. you're going to work it, this it, car back off. Because I agree. If it's not mom's car, I don't who care. gives a fuck? But the fact that it's her mom, dead mom's car, I'm yeah. like, oh, can Dude. we not make her, we got to tie out, we got to pay off the fucking cow. Can we not yeah. bring the car back around? Well, well don't worry. In a, in a show of clearly equal stakes as a car, Courtney sells her cotillion dress that she bought early she on. She sure too. does. It's equal stakes. And they're able to, listen, it all works out. They're able to buy the milk that they, or at least a portion of the milk that they need. And on top of that, Philippe. Wouldn't, hold on. I just thought of this. I'm so sorry. Wouldn't Jackson's dad know what's going on? Uh, Jackson you know? Jackson is running under the table business dealings. That's true. He, but he's a fucking idiot for I not knowing how the supply chain works. Because da- you'd think Jackson's dad would be like, wait, don't they not have any money? Like, where'd this money come from? Like, yeah. he- like they came up with 10 G's, Dad. Yeah. Don't worry about where it came from. Don't worry about it. Dad, don't worry about it. And dad would be like, no, what? what un- don't I'm, worry about it, Dad. I'm not a fence. Dad, dad like, son? Dad, no, I'm worried about son, it. Son, don't worry about it. We've got a cow whisperer. <laughs> She's going to do big things. She's making us money. Big things. <laughs> Courtney hops on the phone with Philippe, says, hey, we can't do, I'm not doing the cotillion anymore. I've dropped out. And Philippe is like, well, dope. I just invited you out to dinner to practice dancing. We can just go dance at the dinner now. I'm still interested in dating you. 
we don't have to have the cotillion uh, let's drop all pretense and go hang out at the country club philippe is like i'm part of the reason this movie's 20 minutes too long that's right <laughs> yep so, so the like, go i don't really know what value i have in this movie other than some kind of dance scene so let's go do that so they go to dinner they chat the courtney and philippe talk at dinner the only reason that they are here is to have another confrontation between courtney and the absolute squad of assholes who are led by sarah i believe is her name and and that confrontation they just twirl away after having this meeting like you're still not coming to the cotillion i think the point is to show that courtney's like hey fuck you guys as opposed to being like no please be my friend but again we don't need this yep (laughs) well this is happening taylor and jackson are two teenagers spending the night alone i mean well there's the housekeeper there there. but she presumably has to go home at some point maybe she lives there maybe Maybe, you know what maybe maybe so we have two nights of romance occurring i needed that in this film yeah (laughs) have to it's important have to have it after our nights of romance it's a friday friday if you will and all of the employees of the factory are like, guys, we made it through a week from actual fucking hell. Let's hang out and have a party. They get together. They have a party. The homemade jam is playing. Oh, yeah, they are. And who should run in but delivery truck driver who now has a Mustang. And he's like, guys, there's a problem. The expiration dates. Everybody thinks our shit's expired and they're not taking product. This is right after, though, that they have like accepted Taylor and Courtney mm-hmm. that they are thank you know you all did this and they say to courtney like you gave up your cotillion you should at least get your spotlight dance yes. uh-huh. it's like the resolution moment of the uh-huh. movie the workers have accepted these girls as part of the family they might even let them sing because you're a real factory worker now no by the way you ruined everything yeah 10 minutes ago courtney realizes she fucks everything up and they're gonna have to do a total rerun of product but they can't do it because they don't have the manpower to do it. Uh-huh. Also, and, they would be losing so much money on the product. Oh, God, they're so in a, much money. They're in another problem. They're, yeah. Yeah. they're in a pickle now. Yeah, because you think the fucking phone going in the yogurt was a problem? Like, they lost a whole run. It's, you know, all that, you know all that money that you just pulled from your cotillion? It's, it's more than that. Yeah. And, but I understand that they have to fix it because otherwise they're going to lose like 14 clients, clients or something. Yeah, like... So Courtney then says, guys, go get started on it. I'm going to go get people. And I was like, where the fuck are you thinking about going, no, Courtney? She's obviously going to go to Cotillion, which and is so stupid. she goes to the Cotillion and gives the most cringe speech in the world where she says legitimately the line, I've learned stuff. <laughs> what? You know what? For a girl who the first half of the movie, 90% of her lines were what she said. Because anytime her sister would say something, anything intelligent, she would go, yeah, what she said. We've moved to, I learned stuff. I learned stuff. I've been thinking about some things. I talk about writing <laughs> failing a character. Man, I, when, they, when they had her go to the cotillion of, of all the other spoiled kids, and I was like, she, I'm sorry, she's going to convince them all. To yep. come work in a factory. You think that factory had some health code violations before. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Now you're going to bring a cotillion worth of teenagers that have never even been to a factory and trust them to run the lines? Yep. 
It doesn't work, though. In, but, a, in a shock to everyone. But, guys, this is a Hallmark movie. This is everybody coming in at the last minute to help with the Christmas tree farm uh-huh. sale. So, dejected, Courtney and Taylor go back to the factory where they are accepting their fate. But who should we hear in the background but Dad? He's yeah. back. He's come early. He went to the country club to try to check on the cotillion, not knowing about what had went down. Wouldn't it be... Wouldn't it have been convenient if somebody had a cell phone? <laughs> I mean, ima- imagine dad calls. He's imagine. Like, hey, are you at the cotillion? And they go, no, dad, your whole factory, fucking meltdown over here. Shit's like, going down. Shit's it's, going, it's bad. We're, we're, we are belly up. You know, you remember when we set the house on fire? It's like that. But like, but we're in your factory yeah. and like, with actual con- like, like big consequences. We lost all your money. Yeah. So they show up and there is a work montage where they complete the rerun of the factory. Everybody's chipping in. All of the wealthy kids save Sarah is are there working through it. The wealthy kids show up with dad and they're like, your speech really touched us. <laughs> you learned stuff. You learned stuff. We want to learn stuff. <laughs> wow. And it's like everyone but that one main main bitch are there. <laughs> <laughs> Max is gonna spew. <laughs> no, it probably hurts. It probably hurts. <laughs> Ah, I just hear the gargle. Oh, what a time I to dig a sandwich. Fucking, I almost fucking coated this room in water. Oh, my God. What a God. time to dig a sandwich. Oh Holy God. shit. Woo. Um, yes, everybody but Sarah. That one would have been so wet. That would have been so wet. <laughs> it would have been Splash Mountain in here. <laughs> Splash Zone. Huh. And Courtney and Philippe get to share in their spotlight dance for some fucking reason. Do a wild song, and we think we end the film, but we don't. No, it never ends. Because this film doesn't end. It's like Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King. Four fucking endings. So dad, it cuts to dad, he's working on the numbers, and he's like, guys, we don't have any money. No shit, Sherlock. Bob took it all. Bob took it all, all, then your dumbass daughter just wasted 30 grand on a line of yogurt. Also, I love that Bob took it all, and he's like, well, it's gone. It's gone now. Oh, we'll, we'll circle back to that. Okay. Don't worry, pal. We'll circle back to that one. I have some news right. for you both. Is there not uh, legal action? Yeah, no resolution at all. They're just going to let it. It's a wash. No, the whole company is ruined because Bob comically put money in a, in a bag <laughs> with an S on it, a dollar sign, Down and walked out the door and they're like, there's nothing we can do. We he can't do. He's in the Cayman. He left. He, <laughs> got, he got a mask on. I don't know who. He was. got us, guys. Yeah, he somehow grew a mustache in yeah. that time and kept twirling me in. It's like he has yeah. some kind of legal obligation to this business. I imagine he co-owns. I, like, not at all. That's definitely legal. Yeah. Like, so, oh boy, he put did a, some under the hey, table business hey, deals. Put a pin in that. Do I have news for you? But we're not there yet. So they all have to start tightening their their budgets. The girls are, are all in for it. Dad wants to give the girls a day off, but guess what? The girls want to go to work because yeah, you know what? Yeah. If they're working there, it's eight hours. They can't be shopping. Hilarious. And that's the end of the movie. But wait, let's remove the pen because there is an alternate ending to this movie. Oh, there is an alternate ending to cowbells in an alternate ending. Courtney finds a way to track Reed's friend, Bob, who stole the money. The girls show their father footage of Bob playing in a casino in Puerto Rico and Reed alerts the FBI to catch him. Despite getting their money back, the sisters continue working in the dairy in the hopes of one day succeeding their father. That's a better ending. That's a better ending. I agree. They should have done that instead. Yes. 
like also the comedy of Courtney figuring out how to find Bob Courtney does is just incredible. That's probably the just like we she figured out how to find her cell phone in the yogurt. Uh, um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that brings us to the end of Cowbells. I've got to know what you guys are rating this one. Molly, I know that you really enjoyed this one. What, what's your rating here? I gave it a 6.85. Whoa. It's different than mine. I almost gave it a 7. Whoa. And then um, it went on for too long, so then I stopped it. Uh-huh. I actually... I, there's a lot wrong with this movie. Yeah. Yeah. There are fa- the writing fails Courtney, mostly, I would say, more than any other character. Wait, are we saying the right one? Courtney's the younger sister. Taylor's the older, right? Yeah, I think the writing fails Courtney okay. a lot. Just want to make sure I know. Um, but as Ted Lasso says, Hallmark movies suck, but they're kind of awesome. But they mostly suck, but they're also kind of awesome. And this was the decom version of a Hallmark movie, and I enjoyed myself while i was watching it until like the last 20 minutes which i think were entirely too long i probably would have rated it higher but by the end i was like I, okay we get it we know what's gonna happen yeah you know so yeah i enjoyed myself but i don't know that i need to like it's not the best eco i've ever seen interesting 3.8 wow <laughs> wow different, a different yeah wow different trajectory i think other than taylor i didn't like this movie hmm. interesting like i don't think it's the worst thing i've ever seen I found uh, Allie's character to be enjoyable. Um, I found most of this plot to be unnecessary. I found Allie to not really have much of an arc. I didn't like her sister's arc. Um, I think it was really poorly written. And I didn't, I didn't hate watching it. Like I wasn't, you know, I didn't want to turn off, but I think that it is pretty poorly constructed. Hmm. Uh, I can, I can identify with both of you guys. I think it's, I think for me, it is an average decom, maybe slightly above average. I actually rated it at a 5.1. So it's like just above average decom. And the reason is entirely because of Taylor's character. Hmm. Um, and the fact that when I watched it, I was like, this reminds me of every holiday season when every Hallmark movie is on and I just can't escape. So I'm just going to lean into it. Right. So I found myself in that mental while it was on, but boy, are there problems with this uh it's but i can't sit here in a good conscience say like it's it's below average because below average decoms i'm going to turn off this one i just let run because i'm like all right this is kitschy and I'm, I'm happy that it's like i'm i'm happy it's not life is rough yeah i guess my hot take is i would turn off a hallmark movie no. so <laughs> i i don't i don't want to watch those and so if and and if that is what that is then I I feel good about my mm-hmm. stance on Hallmark movies. That's fair. I think this is not good. Yeah, that's all three point eight points are Taylor's character. Yeah, yeah, and not not Martha. You know what? Shockingly, no. None for Martha the cow. And point point zero for the bull. Point zero <laughs> for negative the bull. for the bull. Yeah. <clears throat> so I, I I found a review uh-huh. that I read and. Uh, as a bit of a spoiler alert for you, I had a visceral reaction to a portion of this review. Okay. Oh, boy. Right? Visceral reaction. Okay. The title of this review is Wished They Turned This Into Soylent Green 2. Now, if you're not familiar with Soylent Green... Uh, it's people. It's... It's people. People. So, they wish they turned this movie into into people pills. Well, <clears throat> they wish the factory was serving people. Uh, maybe. The review, yeah, it's it's crazy. How Disney can you get? 
preppy rich girls act like idiots, buy a bunch of stuff and get taught a lesson. Is Disney trying to send a lesson to itself? That maybe while buying everything, it should maybe still be human? Whatever the psychoanalysis, this movie sucked. The girls want a rich party for their rich lives, but then money disappears and they have to use their riches to get the milk plant. Yeah, milk. Going home to employ workers. <laughs> they keep it afloat until daddy comes home and the man at the beginning who appears to be the one that takes the money is the guy. But the ending is dumb. Webcam in the Cayman Islands, huh? Not worth my time ever again. But it's better than Howl's Moving Castle. Whoa. D minus. Now, better than house now max castle? i read that last line and i said shut the fuck up <laughs> better oh, than house a wow. house moving castle wow. um now i am i to <laughs> assume that she that that that, that this person would rather have them no no saw the alternate ending yeah. Because it says webcam in the Cayman Islands. Yeah. Yeah. They likely saw the alternate ending. Which is a DVD thing. I just looked. Okay. okay. So, oh, good to know. Good to know. I think that this movie would be much better with that ending. It still needs 25 minutes lopped off right. of it. But this person gave this rating a two out of 10. Now I want to go. I did not do this before because I did not think I could handle it. I wonder if they wrote a review for Howl's Moving Castle. <laughs> and in this moment i am going to look it up live and see if they did because how better than okay how did they they've written so many reviews holy they are, shit I, they are an mm, active active imdb, active IMDb fan house okay i don't see this see all 239 reviews holy shit they, they got some reviews my dude it's not very hard for me to start out with a statement. This is the worst movie I have ever seen. Wow. And I have seen some pretty bad movies, but I fail to see anything on the horizon that will challenge this heap of garbage. The premise is downright awful. A castle, a woman who becomes an old woman, a flame and a walking castle. Already it's not looking good. But add to the fact that almost nothing happens in a lot of scenes, I had to fast forward through those areas where there wasn't any talking. I never really liked... The hoping scare, the hopping scarecrow, I imagine, who turned out to be a prince. And the flame, well, he might have all been the best character in the whole film, but that isn't saying much. The boy Hal and everybody else should never again grace screens with their presence. It just isn't worth the headache. Wow. So yeah, that's that re that review. Okay. Better than Howl's Moving Castle. How about that? Wow. What a take. What a take that was. All right. What do we got next week? Uh, Wendy Wu Homecoming Warrior. Oh. Wait, was Wendy Wu a show as well? No. No, no just but it is uh, Brenda Song. Brenda Song. And she graced the Disney Channel for many years across shows. Oh, right? yeah. She was on Sweet Like of Zach and Cody. Yeah, and yeah I mean, she's, she's, she's already in community theater for multiple movies. Oh, that's true. So. Yeah, yeah. So she's been, she, she's done been here. All right, well, next week we have Wendy Wu Homecoming Warrior. Friends, thank you so much for listening. Please be sure to rate and review the podcast wherever it is you get your pods. It really does help us out. Be sure to follow us on all of our socials. And if you want to chat about this episode or any of our other episodes, be sure to join us on Discord. We'd love to have you there. But until next time, friends, when we watch Windy Woo Homecoming Warrior, this has been Cowbells and Zeta Lapidus. We'll see you next time, everybody. Bye. Goodbye. Moo. 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 
moo because it's about cows. I, I don't get it. We're moving out. We're moving on to the next movie. I don't get it. You're being utterly.